But it's okay. You seem good. You seem stable. Everything's fine. Yeah, I'm on the 5G, so hopefully it should be fine. Okay. I only have one tab open. Times three. Mm. Um, you know, as one does. So. I'm sorry to say, but I didn't prepare a warm-up or anything for this episode. Don't worry. I got one for you. Oh, great. Good. We've been doing really good at trading off. I like it. Yeah. Well, I had this one just the other day. I was like, I saw something stupid and was like, let me just continue the line. So, great. These are easy. Oh, Will, lost the video. you there? What are you doing? Yeah. I didn't do sh- I didn't do shit. It just dropped out on me there. Oh, okay. I'm confused. All right. All right. Um... So the first one is ghosts and hauntings. For um, your hot takes. Interesting. I haven't thought about ghosts or hauntings in a long time. And I'm pretty sure they're not a thing. But okay. at the same time, I think I've had paranormal experiences before. Like like stuff moving, some skittering, some shadow people. Like what are we talking about? Yeah, here? well, one time when I was a teenager... It was about five o'clock in the morning and it was still dark and I woke up before my alarm for some reason. And when I opened my eyes, there was a floating apparition right above me, like vaguely a bust of a man, you know, like picture an 18th century sculpture. It was almost exactly that same form where the bottom just sort of withered away and then the top went into a head, you know, head and shoulders pattern. That's weird. But I couldn't huh. make out any features or whatever, and it had a presence. It felt like it was alive, and it scared me so bad that I just shut my eyes and didn't open them again until I let my alarm go and my dad came in to wake me up and turned on the light because I was going to be late oh. for school. So huh. uh, I don't know what that was. The vibe of it was very frightening. Didn't but at the same time... Sleepwalk, so- doesn't that yeah. seems like a night terror so you know i used to sleepwalk a lot at that time and i've heard since that things like that can be explained as like residual images from dreams can sort yeah. of hang in your mind for a split second when you wake up and appear like that so i'm thinking that's what it was um but i don't know i felt at the time that it had malicious intent and i didn't like it I also right. felt like the house I lived in at that time was a little bit haunted, too. Um, By an 18th century English gentleman? No, you know what? I, I, that's the thing, is I've never saw a, fo- a form clear enough to describe with any specificity, but my dog would do things like um, play with invisible whatever entities in oh, the middle of the night. Yeah, And I don't know that's how to explain haunted. that. Yeah. Maybe it's dog sleepwalking. Maybe it's nothing. Um, I don't think dogs sleepwalk. I don't think they do that. Unless you, unless the dog eats some weed, but I don't think so. All right. So the next one is Ghost the Movie. I never saw Ghost the Movie, but that's where the infamous... Uh, isn't there an infamous scene where like Patrick Swayze's making a bust, or is that a different movie? It's not a bust. They're at the pottery wheel. Oh, they're at the pottery wheel, and there's the sexy scene with the blind girl. That's yeah. the same movie? Yeah. Okay, that's the only thing I know about it. Okay. All right, fine. Um... Uh, so it's kind of in alphabetic order. So OnlyFans slash sales on OnlyFans. I'm not sure what you mean by sales on OnlyFans. All of OnlyFans is sold. Yes, but like when people are like, this this week only, join for five dollars, usually ten. 
oh, you know, you're like, your whatever. prostitution is on a markdown. I'm like, I don't understand That's it. That's fine. That's just a sleazy sales tactic. It's the same thing that Planet Fitness does at New Year's. Uh, I so I don't so. have a problem with the sales on OnlyFans. Um, I don't know. OnlyFans, I've... Well, here's the thing. Okay, this is interesting. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never been on OnlyFans, and that is true. But I have sought out and seen things from OnlyFans. Okay. So I have pirated oh, OnlyFans before, but I have never paid for it, nor would I. Uh, the whole concept seems to speak of societal decay. I don't like the idea of prozzing oh, out our, um, our glorious female population because there's nothing else for anyone to do. Okay. All right. Ceiling fans. Useful or hideous? Hideous but useful. It, no, no, no. I said or. Not and or. I'm giving you my One response. Has... I think they're ugly, but I'm a fan of them. I like them. I'm a fan okay. of the fans. All right. Stan culture. Why? I, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't even really know what standing is. I don't know how it's meaningfully different from being a fan of something. But why do we have to call it a, a different thing? I don't know. I think it comes from the Eminem song, but my uh, internet etymology might be wrong. And I'm not sure what well, that connection is. That's the next question. Stan the song. Uh, I haven't heard it in a really long time. I probably don't like it. I've never been much of an Eminem guy. Although I think 8 Mile is a good movie. Dido, what happened to her? Good question. I don't know. I, you know what? If I had to guess, I bet Dido is m- much like the Bee Gees ended up writing a lot of famous songs but you wouldn't know that unless you checked the jacket you know i feel like she would be like another alternate like host of like great british bake show or something like that seems like a track where like you're a pop star and then you're not so you're like well i host television yeah but i think like you have british, to be a bigger the voice celebrity or something than dido ever was for that to make i guess sense. that's yeah. is dido british All by right. the way I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, okay. English, yeah. Uh, do or dine, do or dive. Um, I only ever went to do or dine once. I didn't care for it that much. It wasn't bad, but didn't live up to the hype. Dr. Pepper Frog Legs is weird and not good. Um, yeah. Do or dive, I also didn't didn't like. It felt very much like a chain of dive bars. Which it is. Which it kind of is, yeah. I mean, it's it's not not that, um, but usually they don't look that much like a Chili's. Yeah, it was incredibly inauthentic, my experience. Yeah. Uh, diving, as in scuba. Uh, never done it, but I would love to. I like to snorkel. I've snorkeled before. Um, I would never do the scuba diving where you go into a cave, though. That seems really, really dangerous. Yeah, that's how people die. Um, or get trapped in a movie what is it, the deep or whatever, they get sucked in? Um, and then what is a wetsuit? <laughs> You're asking me to describe what a wetsuit is. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how it works. I mean, so I it's like okay, I'm just going to completely go out of my ass here, but I'm pretty sure what a wetsuit is is just a special fabric that repels water from one side and not from the other, and it also insulates you and keeps you warm. But, like, people pee in them, and I don't get it. I'm like, why? Are it, why, why? Yeah, because it keeps warm in and it keeps cold out. It's just like That's a so winter disgusting. jacket, but for underwater. You could think about yeah, it. Yeah, but that no way. one's like pissing in snow pants. Yeah, but you're in the water, you know. Yeah, it doesn't make it better. 
I don't could know. say the same thing for the snow pants. Also, how do you know that? You might, people on climbing Mount Everest might piss their pants. You have no idea. Astronauts, they piss their pants, I think. They have diapies. Yeah. I don't think well, I take that back. Maybe the mountain. The ocean diabetes, is but your diaper. Like, it's an aqua diaper. Uh, oh boy. And then the last one is Japandi. Would you like an explanation of what this is? Yeah, please explain. Is that a character? No. It's a hybridization of Japanese and Scandinavian home design. Oh, that sounds like it could be good, but I honestly feel like the Scandinavian portion of it's just bringing down the already perfect Japanese design. What they're saying is like, well, we got some bamboo, but then we put curves. And I'm like, it, it, <laughs> like it just is like blonde wood and like lines. And you're like, okay, this is a thing. This just seems like Ikea. You're just describing Ikea. Look, if Don't I'm, make it like a thing. If I'm looking for Japanese curves, I'm going to r slash Asians gone wild, okay? Okay. Somehow this list of rants blew back in my face of things that I feel <laughs> terrible about. Oh boy! Uh, I mean, there, there's this other fun rant. Let me let me share you this beautiful poem, um, or this beautiful statement. Let's just say this, uh, dear art world, with thousands of commercial real estate offices, storefronts, and more sitting empty in buildings, when the worst of COVID has passed, a whole new generation can rent these spaces for way less. Open galleries and start a new art world. You will be the greatest generation. The ball is in your courts. If you build it, they may come. Don't you see? XO. That was just a slam together of a lot of references that don't belong in the same place. And also, I don't like the sentiment of that even at all. Guess who it came from? Jerry? Duh, duh, there you go. Oh, I got it? Wow, yeah, of course. I was like, I wanted to like tweet back and be like, okay, okay, Jer, down payment on you. Can I first last in a deposit? Thank you so much. It's got to come out of the Dunkin' Donuts budget, I guess. What, like $3? I don't know, man. He goes to fucking town at that place. I mean, I've I've been a fatty, and the most I've ever like bought for scale at a Dunkin' Donuts was $45. Oh, my God. I hope that was for That was for, like, people. 15 people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, like I'm going to slam $45 of... Hey, listen, God. Man, I think you've been pretty close to that with Taco Bell before on your own. So I wouldn't put no. it past you. No, 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 no. You might, half of you that know, with, you're probably half slamming six or seven French crawlers. Ew. Oh, <laughs> I hate I hate a crawler. I, I'm not a fan of a crawler. They're, uh, Man, Jerry Salt is really just posting up a storm, huh? Of of He's just like finding the pit and then just digging the hole and getting deeper and deeper and deeper, you know. You know, first critics are better than artists at all points sure. and now he just wants us to have money. I'm like, sir, sir. Do people chastise him for these things? You know, like, do you actually read his his Twitter mentions and follows and stuff? Like, do you? F- what's the I situation saw one on of the them. ground? I saw one of them, and it was someone with a blue check that I had never heard of. Like, just like slamming him up, and I was like, "Are you famous?" Like, I don't understand. But it was like someone who like does like regional painting. I was like, or like sound based things i'm like of course you sound based people anyone techie has a blue check and i'm like i I don't why what do you have to do to get a blue check i'm not sure i just think you have to have a certain number of followers and then verify your identity to twitter like by your driver's license or something 
They're just making sure you are who you say you are, and it only applies to people with a certain amount of visibility. I mean, I don't think it really means anything. Like, there's been a lot of inflation over the last ten years as far as what the blue check means. It it used to be important, but now it can just be anybody with a small social media following. I think. Yeah, I feel like back in the day it was like gold, and now it's just like you give it to anybody who who's like, eh, I got some followers. Yeah, like, mm. yeah. It's part of the same exact economy <sighs> as OnlyFans and what we're doing here. There's a, a, no way to succeed in contemporary society except to uh, prostitute yourself as some sort of form of content creator. The blue check. How do is... I get the Green and Lewis account a, a blue check with no followers and no tweets? <laughs> you should just figure out how to Photoshop the blue check like into the name. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, you can one hundred percent do that. Uh, Jabuki Young White does that every, every time he gets kicked off for impersonating like the fbi oh okay i'm not familiar with who that is unfortunately the last tweet that got him unblue checked officially was he tweeted as the fbi on mlk day just because we killed him doesn't mean we miss him we don't miss him oh jesus <laughs> and they bo- they booted him and i was like oh buddy he's like 22 years old i'm like oh to be that that quick so young oh mm. how dare you Hey, give me one second. I got to put my sweater on. It's fucking freezing up here. Yeah. I put it on backwards. Yeah, I was going to say, readers, I'm I'm watching what looks to be like a stage play, like where an actor is trapped in like a giant cloth cube and it's just not really working out. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, and with that said, welcome to Green and Lewis. <laughs> um, <clears throat> R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. Screech. Dead at 44. I know, I saw, he was only four, he looked road hard and put away wet, he looked pushing 60. Yeah, I was actually really surprised to hear that he was only 44, that made me feel old. I was like, wait a minute, when Screech was on TV, he was only a teenager? He was like a real teenager, yeah. not like a uh, Mario Lopez teenager? Right, in, in early 90s fashion, I thought for sure all those people were 32. Uh, most of them were, or at least like 24. I don't know, man. It seemed like a 24-year-old kind Yeah, of maybe. I bet if we went and looked back, they were younger than you think. I don't know. They're doing Back to the Bell or whatever. No, they're doing a the reboot, reboot of yeah. this. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, oh, it just goes without saying at this point, but our, our culture is garbage. I mean, really. And it only gets worse it, every yeah. day. Well, is there any new IP? No. No. I guess not. Truly no. No. Mm. <sighs> So you had a what snow day out there in New York, huh? Everybody it's got the still day off coming work. down. Yeah, you're gonna get 22 inches. I heard. I mean, a boy can dream. Um, no, I went and uh, took a drive to my place of business, only to be told by the security guard saying, "Saying, uh, yeah, we're actually closed today." I was like, "You gonna tell the people who uh, have to come in?" <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, they like aren't even here. They didn't send the messages yet." I guess I was like, "I'm gonna fucking kill somebody." Um, so driving, I've driven in a whiteout. It's happened before. I've done it. I know how to do it. Driving in a whiteout in a city is very weird because you're like, I know what's like two blocks away. I just can't see it. This is very strange. Um, so that was a, a fun new activity that I didn't think I'd ever have to do, but, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's good. I don't know. So what did you do for your snow day? Well, I napped. Well, that goes without saying. You would have done that anyway. I, well, I had to actually do some work and make sure that people got paid. Um, but by the time, like, 
driving to and from, you know, leaving at nine o'clock, I didn't really get back here till noon. So that's a three hour round tour that would normally take like 45 minutes. Mm, Yeah, that sucks. So had to work in nap time. Uh, Had to work in some switchy time and then I was done. I was like, okay, time to cook. Oh, that's nice. So you pulled a half day. You drove around I your did car. A half day. You slept a little bit. Like, you what was I gonna switch. do? What was I gonna do? Go to the studio and be trapped no, under no, the snow no, there? Nothing, no, nothing. no. I was just genuinely curious. I was not chastising you. It sounds like a nice day, honestly. It was. Uh, it's fine. It was. It's still coming down, and I'm like, can we just have like three days of no mas? Like, just shut it down for three days. I would like that. Can uh, you, we have that? You know, you I might get that. a. You might get your wish. Yeah, I think like one more day potentially. So, yep. Fingies uh, see, crossed. It started. I told you on our text message thread that it started to snow here r- right around the time we were supposed to record, and I thought it was the blizzard coming from New York, but it's an unrelated blizzard that also might hit you guys. So, oh fun. Yeah. So you might get a yeah, you might bl- get a double whammy. What do you mean blizzards coming from? That's not the well, way the wind pattern. You know how wind works. I do know how wind works, and I looked at the radar because I am an old man and I have a radar app. Um, mm-hmm. Your storm blew up from the south and is blowing out towards the ocean right now, and my storm blew down from Canada and is blowing towards you right now. <sighs> well. So the wind works; it's going in the same direction now, but uh, it yeah, started from two different polarities. One was north, oh, one was south. So you'll get it again. Well. You might you'll get your wish of your three days off, and that sounds nice. You know, I forgot about where I live now. That there's no such thing as snow days. Ain't nobody here give one single solid fuck about twenty two inches of snow or whatever. You're expected no. to show up, uh huh. You know, and do your thing, and brush off your car, and scrape off the ice. I, I mean, it. we did shut down the above ground trains today, which you know that's, that's usually a sign. Yeah, that's usually the sign. We're like, ooh, we don't. We're not. Today's not the day. Um. But as the city usually does, they're like, yeah, around two o'clock. I'm like, you know how many people already like went to work at that point? Like, uh, ooh. yeah, a lot of people um, got the same half day you did. They ended up showing up to work and then they were sent home unceremoniously mm-hmm. around mm. 11 o'clock or whatever. One ish. And they're like, oh, shutting it down. OK, right. got to go. All right. Bye bye. Oh, well, this has been fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating <laughs> weather talk. I don't know. I always love a a big New York City blizzard, though. That's like really fun times, and it didn't happen at all last year. Maybe even the year before that. Not a big enough one to shut things down. That's the best. No. No. This one is like, it was like hard to drive. I was like, ooh, this is rough. Um, But I did also like, you know, I did some day drinking, which means I had two beers from the hours of 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we can count that as day drinking. That's just like I had. Well, a it certainly beverage. counts as day drinking, but as we know, you napped it off. So Mm-mm. this was pre-nap or oh. post-nap. 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 No, 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 drinking. no, 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 no. You don't waste the drinking on napping. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But oh, no, yeah. No, I mean, no, I no, I miss no. it, man, because New York is the only city in the world where adults get snow days. I most of the South gets it if they ever get snow like if you have like a dusting in dc they're like shut it down shut it all down we're not doing it true that's true like anywhere where they don't normally see it they just go oh, what's that right and then it, the whole thing shuts down but here we're like how much 
ooh, we're going to have to shut that down. I We can't do it. Mm-hmm. Can we? No, we can't do it. But I was remembering, like, back in the day, it used to be just, like, snow abound, and we'd be like, okay, time to go do the things. And then over time, it slowly was like, no, storms are hard. I was like, why? Is it? Is it that bad? It's not that bad. I don't know. Or is that just a city thing? I don't know. I'm like, uh, this seems not terrible. It's not great. I think in the city, it is pretty goddamn bad, because if if you're not super well prepared in terms of boots... Which, to be honest, most New Yorkers aren't. Everybody has fashion clothes. They don't have utility clothes. So, if the snow is, is knee true? deep... I don't think that's true. I think that's pretty true. I think that's more true than you imagine. Huh. I just put on my clompers and then march out the door and then it's over. Like Yeah. Which I did, I did realize that there is a leak in them and I went, oh no, it's time for the retirement. Great. That's happening. Age. Um... Where where do you want to go now? Do we want to talk about the 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 new the new big short? You know, uh, yeah, we can talk about we can talk about GameStop for a little while. the 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 only reason I'm hesitant at all to talk about it is is at least in my media universe, the the podcast and uh, internet reading bubble that I'm in, I feel like I've been GameStopped to death this week. Like oh, honestly, yeah, I, mean... I feel like it has been covered by every single podcast I've listened to, whether it's a politics one or a comedy one or every single person has had something to say about GameStop. So I feel like we're Wait, a little does that late. Mean we can skip it? it. I mean, oh, we can skip it. Here yes. here's the only thing I want to say about it because at this point I'm I was, you know, earlier in the week I was all gun ho. I was like, "Oh, this will be great. I'll get to, you know, show off a little bit and explain that I know what shorting is and that I knew about this in October, but I paper-handed my shares and sold them in December." Uh, oh why'd you do that because i'm because i'm a little bitch and i didn't believe in the cause enough it's true i sold them on december 29th i know (sighs) well that's the thing i'm always trying to time the market man that's why i'm up 48 percent this year can't do that with time in only timing yeah but yeah but 48 percent on 48 dollars is not that much i mean like what, what like come on what are we doing here i'll send i'll send you some robin hood screenshots for the instagram and you'll see what we're working with and then Ugh. you'll think again about I, chastising me about my small pennies no if i have to hear the word tendy if i see like tendies in print i'm gonna slap the shit out of someone i hate that fucking word unless it's chicken even then i'm like let's be adults but it makes me rate like rage boil i'm glad i'm glad you brought this up because part of what i wanted to say and i think maybe the only interesting angle on this whole fiasco is that once again once again for like the fifth time in a year one of my beloved internet forums has been ruined has been absolutely ruined wall street bets and the lingo there uh and the vibe of the entire community was one of the joys in my internet day you know, it was a place you could go and there was no political conversation and yet people could call each other slurs and just have a good down home <laughs> time and no one would get offended. And now it's been ruined by the influx of six million people in less than a week. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, I the one thing that I think of, like, because I was having this moment of. Like, should I reread Kill All Normies? I feel like this is, like, prime. Like, we're now reaching that kind of prime thing where, especially in the spin narrative, it was, like, you know, Reddit. Basically, Reddit is always, like, the, the cesspool of of internet people, according to larger media. 
right? Like the narrative is always like these these rogues of Reddit. According to the media is doing a lot of work there, but continue. What? A- according to the media, that's true. That's not 100% true. Reddit is a pretty normal-ass website these days. It, I know, but know? it's always like it, it becomes a buzzword for like the place where bad things happen on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's known enough at this point, and then you, you point to, like, early January, and they're like, it happened on the Reddit, and you're like, it didn't It's really, It's an but... easy scapegoat because there are communities there that exist in the, in the old internet fashion that skirt the line between something you would find on 4chan and something you'd find on the surface of the internet. Reddit still had those outposts for a while, but now it doesn't anymore. And every time... Again, just like Wall Street Bets, just like Cumtown, just like all these other things, once it gets discovered and sort of outed and into the mainstream one way or another, it's totally dissolved. They're just eliminating the last vestiges of internet subculture one at a time. Well, it just, they still exist, they just move, and it just takes the initial usefulness of the platform away, and that that's the part where I'm like, well, what, what do you do with all of these kind of, like, it... Like, it's like a croissant. Like, there's many layers, or like a pastry crust, where there's many flaky layers of different kind of goodness and air and, like, crumbly bits that aren't so good. You know, like, that's the internet. The internet is pie crust. Yeah. The internet is like a Starbucks croissant, where if you time it perfectly, you can have, like, one or two good layers there. But the longer you let it sit and the more you look into it, the worse and worse. It just starts seeping out is. the oil. Yeah. yeah, it's gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That that works. I think. I think. I think this is a fair assessment. Um, and like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just saw this thing today that was like, what's what's the name of this phone? Unlock, unlock phone. It's called um, Clubhouse. Have you heard of this? I have heard of this, but can you explain it to me? I don't know what it is, but it's invite only. So I'm like, ooh, we're doing Friendster. But it's like a podcast that doesn't get recorded. So it's like... What does there, that mean? People like, actually talk to each other using voice? You can talk, yeah, it? and do like video stuff, but it doesn't. you can't record it, I guess. I don't know. So uh-huh. it's like a little more gossipy. Um, but like Stereo does this too. And I'm like, what is this? Like everyone wants to do a podcast without doing the recording process because no one wants to get caught in their shit. Correct, so then it's just yeah. a quotation that you're like plausible deniability exists um until enough people use it and then you're like no no no, like 300 people saw it but like when people aren't watching it's what you can kind of say in kibitz and i'm like just pick up the fucking phone what you're describing is a phone call yeah that's that's correct if you want to just shit talk people (laughs) pick up the fucking phone and be like girl did you hear this shit about this day Ooh, like you don't need to have it in text but you know people are like oh my god i just don't want a phone call it's like why do you need an app to do a phone call when you have a phone? What what I would be really curious about about this Clubhouse app is are they data mining or not? Because oh, you probably. know the the old the old adage goes like if the product is free you are the product. So I wonder if this is some sort of um voice recognition or AI training scheme and when you but sign why would up, it be invite only like like Raya, you know, like why would it be invite only? Listen, it totally could not be what I'm saying, but that's why I'm curious about this. If if they're not unless, unless go ahead. If they're not data mining and it's just a thing where they're trying to um, give a select group of people, at least for now, 
the chance to talk to each other without it being recorded because that is a big problem with Twitter with podcasts with all this stuff that's how people get canceled right is the fact that it's all record all record um, so if they are legitimately not data mining and they're trying to make a space where you can like sort of communicate without your permanent record being always written um, maybe that's good but if they are data mining and it's just some sort of scheme to make voice recognition better which I could imagine it being um, or is it a matter of like it make it retains the air of exclusivity and then people want to use it and then as a small company they can be like so we just sold ourselves to facebook and we now have money that's absolutely what that's absolutely the other option that's absolutely what it could be i mean you know the word of mouth way of growing a business like that is very smart i mean i don't know if you remember when um google plus tried to get off the ground yeah the dumpster fire yes yes it was invite only as well so is facebook for a, yeah. a while so you know who knows now here's the other piece of information about clubhouse that i think i have although i'm basing this on a single reddit comment that i read don't know for sure but i think that eric weinstein is somehow involved in the development of that app who eric weinstein the idw guy he hosts the portal hopefully our listeners uh, let, will know who i'm talking let me, about let me He's, reiterate the question who well, you might want to Google. Is him. this the person that you've you've sent me a three hour podcast and I went? Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I I mean oh, I okay. You know, full disclosure. In general, I think Eric Weinstein is really interesting, and I think his interviews are really good. Uh, but three all, hour podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people are familiar with that. Will and don't think it's weird. You know, Joe Rogan's episodes I, are sometimes five hours long. That's disgusting. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate that so much. I'm like, you gotta like got to get it in under 100 you know 130 otherwise papa's papa's gonna hit some skips um well the only reason i'm bringing him up and that i mentioned him in relationship to clubhouse is that i saw on reddit that he had some sort of affiliation with this app knowing nothing about the app or his you know connection to it but you know i think eric weinstein's interviews are interesting but that being said he is an elitist he has his own biases like you know don't at me about eric weinstein because he's kind of controversial um but he could be I think he's a well-intentioned guy, and if he's involved in the app on, at some at some high level, I doubt that they're doing any scheming. It seems like it's probably some sort of attempt to uh, avoid cancel culture by making an exclusive club where people don't do that to each other. Um, for a while, I was on his Discord, and that was sort of the ethos there. Um, and I would imagine Isn't Discord just... notoriously like bad about security. I'm not sure. I think they have had breaches and stuff. And yeah. Discord's not a great company anyway. I mean, they just banned the Wall Street Bets Discord for hate hate speech, even though it was obvious they were doing it because of GameStop. So, well, you know, yeah. they're an unscrupulous social media company like anybody else. I mean, I did watch AOC's uh, the Twitch after you declared that the most 2021 sentence ever. I did. Oh, did you did you end up sitting through an hour and a half of technical difficulties before it finally got off the ground and wasn't really very interesting anyway? No, no, no. I hit tap, 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 tap after because I'm not doing anything real time. No, it's 2021. I don't have to tune in. Get wrecked. No, no, no. Thank you. Tap, 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 tap. And I was like, oh, all right. Like an explainer, another explainer with some terrible questions. All right. And we're done. I was like, great. Like for the greater public who has no idea what anything that was happening was like it is a good explainer 
Yeah, sure. I think it was fine. You know, like, I, I think, like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, does this actually do anything if you have tools and some knowledge? You're like, eh, maybe not. But, like, for any, you know, general public who's like, what the fuck is this and why is it everywhere? Why am I hearing about it? That is a service in a certain regard. I'm like, you know, this is the most in-depth thing, but it's like, no, but, like, NPR is going to talk down and around and with a certain bias. And this was just like, what's happening? Right. Oh, this is fucked. Like... No, that's a really that's a really good point because the me- the media bias, like whether it's against Reddit or you know, however they portrayed the whole situation, from what I saw of the mainstream narrative, was uh, entirely negative and also factually wrong in a lot of areas. Like they kept making it sound like the the redditors just randomly stumbled into this stock and like decided to meme it up, but it was. I don't know. I was following this thing the whole way, and it was based on one guy who did some really, really smart due diligence on this stock and figured this out like a year ago. It was, you know, the Redditors were not stupid. They knew exactly what they were doing. You well, know? that was the thing that would, like, CNBC was trying to, like, there was, I don't remember this dude's name, but, like, there was, like, a, uh, what are they called? Like, an iBanker dude who was, like, on and fighting with the host because the host was like what are these people like they don't even know what they're doing I, they don't know what's best for them they're like, no, no no there's a lot of overeducated people who are underemployed yeah. who can do research and they know how to do it because we told them to go get degrees and now they're getting money and paying off all the fucking debts that they accrued right he's like no this isn't that surprising to happen but like to dismiss it that's the bad part. I was like, oh, okay, well, all right. Yeah, to make That's as far as I got in terms of caring about it. I was like, ah, oh, people are pushing back against this, like, oh, no, these people are crazy. It's like, no, why are you, like, smacking the common man in the face? It's like, don't do that You at this point. You make it, you know, it's, it's to sow uh, fear and distrust, right? You make it sound either arbitrary or nefarious. And that way, the hedge funds in Wall Street don't take the blame, but, like, regular-ass people do, right? That was the mainstream narrative. So, I mean, b- back to the back to the AOC Twitch thing, like, I, I think you're right that it was nice to do an explainer. And especially on that platform, like, I have to give it to AOC that she's really smart to Twitch stream. Um, you're going to see Twitch get way bigger than it already is in the future, um, especially as Zoomers who've adopted it since they were young get older i mean it's bigger than tv a- aoc has more viewers on twitch than probably 60 minutes gets on any given night so um and if she's targeting that younger audience yeah. it's really smart to do an explainer for them like all around i think it's interesting i didn't think it was that interesting to watch um but i think it's an interesting phenomenon that a politician is on twitch um the other thing i wanted to say about that is just i think it's interesting what what alliances are being drawn right now over the GameStop thing, I'm sure you saw the screenshot that was like Rashida Taleb, AOC, Ted Cruz, like Josh Hawley, you know, like people from all over the spectrum on both sides of the aisle um, are on the side of the retail investors and not the hedge funds in this case. Because everyone who, especially like the AOC, but all like the New York people, she's like, no, hedge fund dudes are suck. We hate them. <laughs> like every like like the scourge of Chamber Street is a dude in a fleece vest. Like we know that. It's not rats. It's dudes in Patagonia vests. Like that is the thing you have to like 
call an exterminator and be like, you got to get them out. Like, put a fucking TGI Fridays a little north of here. They'll go there. We can't have them <laughs> down here. Yeah, right. Like, like ugh, we put a whiskey bar there. Why did we put a whiskey bar there? They're going to come. You know better than to do that. The rent's going to go up. Um, you know, send them to, you know, what's it called? Murray Hill. They have to go to Murray Hill. That's the only place they can go. And then we can put up little little roadblocks and then just be like, no, you go there. Is that bad to do? I don't I don't know, man. You, you don't have to sell me on the idea that hedge fund bros are annoying. Um, but at the same like time, hedge, hedge fund ghetto and just be like, you go there. You don't get to go anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, that's what well, that's what Wall Street is supposed to be. But then you have that Santa Claus day where they all come out of the woodwork. <gasps> SantaCon. Yeah. <sighs> that and St. Patrick's Day, the number one hedge fund holidays. No, that's for future hedge fund children. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You know, like, you can't, like, that's how they practice getting that day drunk and then doing that much cocaine. They have to practice for four years before daddy can buy a job for them. Mm-hmm. It's a process. You have to, you know, you have to pass. If you only make it to 2 p.m., you're definitely not getting a corner office. You're going to be a junior. That's just how it goes. <laughs> <sighs> Let's see. What what else is on the docket of things? I, I feel like the past week was a very long one, and I don't know, like, how to even, like... Hold on. What was the other... Oh, the Walker Arts Center unionized. And oh, that's got a shout cool. out from Il- Ilhan Omar on Twitter, and I went, okay, wow, okay. That's the thing. Uh, the Lincoln Project co-founder was grooming young boys. I was like, well, there you go. The gays are terrible. Um, <laughs> Jesus else? Christ, the Lincoln Project. What the fuck? I can't even. Uh, a bunch of Amazon workers in Alabama are voting on unionization, too. Which I hope actually happens. That would be a big deal. Do you think it'll happen? I feel like it won't happen. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think it'll probably happen, but I saw some, uh, I don't know. I saw some really discouraging things through, there's been a lot of unionization efforts that are going on, but in a weird way, they're disconnected from class politics. Like people are unionizing and making demands about like diversity training, but not making demands about like salary requirements and stuff it's very strange huh. it's not in the it's not in the spirit Y'all want of money like what the fuck yeah it's not in the spirit of old labor organizing all the time i'm not sure that that's true of the amazon ones uh, or not but hmm. um i know for sure like remember when google a few weeks back had a bunch of employees write an open letter saying that they were all going to unionize and stuff well that's kind of what they were doing they were like basically we want an hr department and it's like that's not a union. they have one well, they want a better yeah. one. That's what they were asking for, was a better HR department, which is like, no, that's that's well, not. You're still on the side of capital when you're dealing with HR. You don't that, want yeah. yeah, you don't want more HR. You don't want an HR department, you want a union. And people apparently can't tell the difference between those two things anymore. That means that the you know, the the world of HR has sold itself as being like has done a good job of selling itself in terms of being on the side of employees, so well, and, it, you know, it, it also speaks to the, yes, I think that's true, but why does that work? Like, I think it speaks to the idea of, you know, and don't hate me for saying this, but it's like, that's why identity politics is a complete distraction from actual material advancement in a workplace. Because HR can do things like institute diversity and inclusion training and promote the right people of the right identities, and then everyone thinks the problem is solved, but yet you're still being uh, scalped uh, and exploited on the money side 
you have to argue from a universal position, not a sectarian position of, uh, you know, one interest group against another interest group. HR does a really good job of promoting that because it divides a labor force. Well, the other thing, too, HR has a stranglehold on all sorts of, like, benefits and, like, the administration of them. When, if you actually, like, know a little bit, you can kind of do it yourself. So, like, when you act as, like, the person to go to for help in times of need, that that softens the image of, like, we're here for you. It, or, you know, it, it, it rounds that square of being for for the worker but it's like mm, this is mitigation of risk on the company's behalf yeah, at all yeah. times no i think you're right i think you're right it's 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 a very subtle form of gaslighting basically it's such an overused term but that's what it is like a very nice and effective hr person doesn't seem like they're on the side of capital but they are yeah at the end of the day you're always like covering your own ass and you know it's just what you do it's designed to get you in the habit of being a karen basically you don't engage in politics as a game of power. You are always complaining to a manager or an HR person and saying, fix this, fix this, fix this. When really, if you banded together on your own as an organized group of labor, you wouldn't have to complain to anybody. You would actually exercise your power by withholding your labor. <laughs> that's how that's supposed yeah. to work. But yeah, that's we don't do that yeah. anymore. So, uh, Did you have something else on your list? I, I went on that little jag. Oh, the I did you read the... The rise of bad, bad figurative painting, or no? Yeah, yeah. I actually really wanted to talk about that. If you're down. Yeah, I mean, it, I once I finally like finish it, I sent it without fully like finishing the article, and then I finally Wait, did. I have to stop you and just say for the listener, if you haven't read this article, it's not very the long. Spectator, it is maybe a page and a half double spaced. This is not a long article at all. That's why I, I skimmed a couple and went. Let me just send this off, and then I finished it, and I was like, well, was that even worth sending? I don't even know. Um, but, like, I don't, I kind of don't get the, like, problem. I, I feel like there was never a point other than just, well, like, let's, singling out a couple people to be like, fuck them. And I'm like, okay. Well. Yeah, let's say this. I mean, let's let's be clear about what we're talking about. The, the article's called The Rise of Bad Figurative Painting. It's by a guy named Dean Kissick, who I've never heard of. Um, really? No, is he okay. well-known? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, And the article is in The Spectator, if anybody wants to read it. Now... I basically agree. What is The Spectator? Is that English? That has to be English. Maybe. I'm not really sure. It just <laughs> seems like one of these new media publications that popped up, like Vox or something. But I have no idea what its bent is. And I don't encounter articles from it organically. It's only if you send it to me or something. They don't oh, pop this up was from the feed. Google. So I was like, oh, yeah. boy. Oh, no. This was on someone's like Instagram thing. It was like, hey, hey. Um, so there was some some shady posting of this around a couple days ago but th this article basically tries to draw a parallel between the zombie formalism of like six or seven years ago and uh what this guy calls zombie figuration now uh which is a such a loose category that it, it lost me from the beginning because i'm he he mentioned so many artists that are to me so distinct that i have a hard time with the umbrella category of zombie figuration like zombie formalism from almost a decade ago made a lot of sense you could find a lot of formal similarity there and age similarity there amongst those artists but here he's talking about like people as diverse as like dana schutz but also like matthew wong 
but Eddie also like Floyd, Eddie Martinez, yeah. but also Emily Mae Smith. I mean, I don't think that those four artists right there have that much in common. So I'm not really sure no. why it's so scattershot. But what's interesting is that like I appreciated this guy's like verve and anger in the article. I could tell he was really frustrated by what's going on in contemporary art and painting, which I'm sympathetic to. Um, but I feel that he is not a great thinker nor a great writer in that he never made an effort enough to actually ask why, why is this happening? Why are we seeing contentless figuration that is branded for social media become the number one thing in the art world? He Here's gets the, mad that it exists, but never yeah. tries to get to the material cause of why that might be. Well, this is the sentence that is, I think, the, the hypothesis and the solution all in one sentence, which you can't do. Uh, such styly, such quirky, esoteric mashups feel less like stylistic innovations and more like branding exercises reflecting a present in which one's ability to market oneself is more important than mastering a craft or coming up with fresh ideas. Hey. Um, that is the thesis statement, but I just want to make clear for the listeners that maybe haven't read this that that's not fully explored. The article no, actually the, sounds yeah, a lot I, like uh, this podcast where we just complain about things and very rarely get scratch more than the surface of a topic. <laughs> well, go, but, we're, we're inspiring research. Go look it up. Yeah, I, yeah. But I like, mean, when you have to use a sentence figurative painter go burr from a meme from a year ago, get wrecked. Like, that's not good. That's not a good idea. But, like, you know, you can think of other people besides, like, Julie Curtis and Emily Mesa. I'm like, well... I I mean I've never really seen anyone paint broom people like those were like they're always weird but they are instantly branded like you know but they the teeth paintings I think were the weirdest things you remember the teeth frame sure. paintings like those are the weirdest things I think they are odd I guess I just they don't... are very like quick though yeah I don't know so... what I don't know what weird means I mean I think that they are meant to sign that they are weird, but they're not actually weird. I mean, they're not I uncomfortable guess. in any way. Like, in the way when you, you know, you take him, love him or hate him, when you look at a Philip Guston and it looks like a KKK guy, that's weird and uncomfortable. It's a KKK. What? And it's a KKK guy and he's smoking a cigarette, but it's also like then there's one next to it that looks like Richard Nixon. You're like, what is going on here? You actually have to spend time with that and figure out, like, what is he trying to get at? Are these paintings racist are they anti-racist like what is the point he's making here and it takes time and i'm not even sure i could answer the question i don't think anybody could and especially well, let, me, let me yeah let me get to this next point just to to throw it out there so this is maybe maybe the kernel of like the cause of the rant of this article is today's bad figurative painting is inoffensive by nature unambitious in technique and dreadfully earnest and it's this total inoffensiveness and lack of ambition or edge that makes it so frustrating and for me dispiriting uh like that's the part where i'm like i think like this is maybe like an old like a gen xer like going like why are these so fucking earnest and i'm like well i can kind of side with that like but like well, the thing I is, I, I think I think his criticism that they're overly earnest and at the same time superficial is a little at odds. Like, I don't buy that yeah. argument. I don't think that these paintings are very earnest. I think most of these artists are uh, subconsciously very cynical. I think they might present Maybe. themselves in interviews and stuff as being like straightforward and earnest, but like ultimately, at the end of the day, they're just deluded kind of dum dums that 
um, don't realize that there's a difference between marketing and branding and actual content. Like they don't understand the, the formal meaning of content. They only understand it in the social media sense. Um, and it makes them seem earnest, but it's just that they're stupid. Well, I mean, I think that last line applies more to like, you know, the faggy painter category where it's like romantic brushwork, naked dudes, you know, like that world of like sure. a Louis Fortino and like a 3000 other dudes who are just like, well, they're like odalesques, but fun colors. And you're like, what? Huh? All right. But it's like so heartbreakingly earnest. So it's like, oh, this is everything that, you know male closeted painting in the mid-century should have been i'm like well what why is it now um you know like that earnestness maybe would be off-putting but like not reference at all because i think that just throws a wrench in the like marketability <coughs> question maybe i don't know um that's the part i'm like i don't get it because and then it shits on cause and i'm like what that's easy who cares yeah and I mean, you know, he, he goes on a little diatribe also about how bad figurative painting in the 80s was at least ironic and self-aware and was trying to make like a painting so terrible no one could take it seriously, yet they were, right? And then in the same breath, he'll say that Josh Smith is earnest. And you're like, no, Josh Smith is doing the 80s thing. He's just doing it again. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was clear to all involved yeah. that that's, that's the thing. Like, So, I mean, I think we ooh. can move past this a little bit because... the. The basic mix up here is that he's just he's just taking a shotgun to contemporary painting in general when I wish as a writer he would have been a little bit more specific. And I think it would have aided his thesis to um, maybe single out three or four painters that actually do this. And I think you could make the case for Emily May Smith being is I kind of like her paintings, you know, but at the same time. He's right that they're easily readable and they don't go past their technical virtuosity very much. Well, they're also like a Ralph Lauren Polo horse. Explain. You know, like you don't, so like you don't want, or like maybe the teddy bear. So like, do you know what the Ralph Lauren teddy bear is? No. Okay. Well, this is not going to work. So there's a little embroidered teddy bear that's like a mascot. So you have the little Polo guy on horse. And then you have the teddy bear. The teddy bear is the less known but more graphically big thing that gets thrown around. Okay. But you know, like, when you see that kind of teddy bear on a sweater or a sweatshirt, you're like, oh, that's Ralph Lauren. Um, or, like, you see that little – you see a plain black T-shirt, but then you see a little red horsey man, you're like, Ralph Lauren. Like, do you want paintings to be logos? Because that's an argument that you could say, like, this – certain things fulfill now, which – Who's not guilty of that? I don't know. But, like, I like to do that, but at least I'm honest about, like, yeah, of course it's a logo. The fuck? Duh. That's the point. KS? Yeah. I mean, I think the I think the paintings that I make, too, are pretty self-aware that they're about the idea that there is no territory, that you're always just appropriating, and that we're all sort of stuck in this idea of making images of paintings. But both you and I do that self-consciously, Right. I don't yeah, think I don't think that these painters do that self-consciously, although they are still doing that. Yeah, because like a Julie Curtis is like, I'm doing new Charlotte Ramberg. Is right. that her name? Charlotte Ramberg, right? Uh, like, yeah. I'm doing new version. And you're like, okay, but is she dead? I don't think she's even Christine Ramberg. Fuck. Like, I won't speak for you, but I will say I will say for myself that for a long time, for five or six years, I've been trying to make paintings about the territory being limited. 
that's like part of my compositional strategy. It's part it's part of the way the paintings are organized inherently. Uh, but an Emily and A. Smith doesn't do that. It presents itself as earnest. It doesn't have one level of distance away. It's just making a logo. But like this is why um Oh, what's her name? Help. Shows it in Cell Machine, does those you know the banana painting? Show like out of the V. Fuck my life. Hold on. Edit this out. Hold please. Why was I on a site called Hamodia? What the fuck? <sighs> you know, sometimes I wish I had a memory, but I don't have it. Uh, Alice Tippett. Yeah. Like, those actually fit the cri- that, that criteria of, like, a logo and a thing, but also with the level of remove that there's a little fun little joke. I think a little closer, too. Because they're a little funny. Yeah, sure. I mean, Will, there's plenty of there's plenty of artists that do do this. Yeah. Um. So it's it's hard to write off like contemporary figuration in general as all garbage. You know. Yeah. No. 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 That's that's not. Yeah. I'm just saying in terms of the like, the, the 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 uh the gate of this particular article. The gate that this article has proposed is a little uh, not so good. Yeah, it's it's not. It's not specific. Yeah. I mean, I, here, here, I'll read a line that I thought was almost there, you know, and it's at the it's at the very end of the article. And I think it's the closest that the author comes to making a significant point. Just as socialist realism produced accessible images of contented lives under communism, today's figurative paintings reflect the banality of modern life without passion or criticality. What's interesting about that as a line to me is like, okay, you've made this connection between socialist realism and contemporary painting, right? What would we call that? This guy needs to read some Mark Fisher because the answer is capitalist realism, right? Like you could you could start to examine, and this is obviously just like you know my bent or a perspective on it. But it's like you could start to examine this from another angle, which is what are the material conditions that are setting up the marketing and branding as the prominent thing, and instead he just complains about it. Yeah, I don't think that's the role like, of a good yeah. critic. Like you can you can complain about it, but there's a difference between just being aggressive and being sort of pithy. Yeah, and, and like maybe like putting pithy into an you know, let's say seven hundred word essay, in quotation marks. Like maybe that's not the role of you know a Jerry Salt's gold star critic who's making more work than the artist. You know, like it's the kind of thing where it's like you know, be a guest on a podcast bitch about it for 20 minutes thank you for your segment have a great day well i'm so you know, glad like you that's... mentioned this because we might have to do a little bit of follow-up i looked up this guy dean kissick because i'd never heard of him and found his twitter apparently oh, he boy. did a podcast with the spectator about this article that i would really like to listen to i have i haven't had a chance to yet um but i'd be curious if he has more to say about it huh because huh. Because the basic point is he's he's making, even though he won't come out and say it, is basically that like art is dead. This is really depressing. I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. Like our culture has nothing to offer us. It's just doing uh, 
what did you say the Saved by the Bell sequel was? Just a reboot. Just what was it called? Reboot. Yeah, the the you know Back to the Bell or whatever. Sure. That's all we're doing. I don't know what it's called. That's all we're doing in painting too, you know. Yeah, I mean, but to throw Dana this... Schutz in there is wrong. Although latter yeah, day Dana Schutz is other... not as good as she used to be, you know. Eh, pretty good. Like to to fetch about the like the elevator painting. I'm like, no, that's a really good paint. Like, but all the elevator ones are like, especially the like Solange beating up Jay Z. That's one of the better paintings of the last ten years. I, you know, perhaps. I mean, I think I think Dana Schutz can get away with a lot because she defined herself as a very imaginative sort of history painter in her younger years. So I'm willing to give her a lot of leash when it comes to this choice of subject matter. Um, who cares about the elevator paintings, really? Because yeah, selecting that funny. event was not a good curatorial move on her part. Trump descending the escalator is a better one. Oh, there's that one, yeah. Um, huh. You know, and, and I get where this author is coming from in this essay because it's like, you know, maybe instead of picking the on-the-nose one, like Trump descending the escalator, maybe you should pick something more controversial, which she did, Emmett Till. And then everyone yeah, comes after one's... her. There's a reason. There's another reason why people don't do these things anymore, because you can't have a marketable career. You can't have a career and be controversial at the same time. You couldn't be Robert Maplethorpe today, because that would require too much risk-taking. Well, that, that, would, be, that would make you get an OnlyFans because you'd be censored by Instagram, so you'd have to put the content some way. Or you'd just get Twitter. That would then point to the OnlyFans so you can make money. How interesting would that be if there was a contemporary photographer that had an Instagram that couldn't that couldn't support their feed? And so they had to move to OnlyFans, and they did that. I'm really surprised nobody has marketed this yet. But again, we're talking about marketing. We're not talking about good oh, art. Yeah. As a conceptual project <sighs> about marketing, you could probably make that work. But that's what Caroline Calloway does. She's just not in the art world, you know? So, like, I, I think that when the history of this moment gets written, we're not going to be talking about people that show a Kagosian. I've talked about this in the past, too. Like, the separation between what actual art is happening right now and what gallery art is are very different things. Oh, I yeah, think who even I don't know. I think to tie it even back in further, and maybe I'm reaching a little bit, but things like the GameStop situation and Wall Street bets... Are better outsider art than anything anybody at Gagosian is making. Well, they the say more and is, have more content. Yeah, and the funny part is like what this kind of like weird market manipulation is is actually just what happens in art world with auction pricing and how people get like little guys get fucked along the way, and that's happened for at least since the eighties. Because like, do you know who Martha Diamond is? Yeah, she has the show Magenta Plains now. Mm -hmm. So in the eighties, do you do you know what those paintings look like in the? I mean, I guess the show up now is a show of Martha Diamond. Paintings yeah, I'm 80s. aware of them. She yeah. was hot shit, like great, like booming market, slinging those little city paintings left and right. And then the nineties come, and then everyone just tanks her market and sells all of them. And then she's just like without a career for thirty years. Right. And now, you know, since 2010, like how, or before then, 20, 2007, let's just say the Rivington Arms era and the Gilded Grayskull era of like big boom and 
even bigger bust of an entire generation of people who have to buy back works at auction so they don't you know fully have a non-career after that like that happens a little more often in this world of course but i think the key thing to keep in mind is how do you make a painting that describes that how do you make a painting about uh, complex financial maneuvers fucking people over you kind of can't do that painting is what a julie moretu is i'm just kidding i mean you know what those paintings are didactic i think they're like over polished i think julie moretu has a lot of issues but i think when she first started her idea of sort of diagramming capital markets basically was not a bad one and it was well visualized uh for its time um but that just doesn't hold up i mean that is not a a painting a painting of the flow of capital is not as dynamic as the actual events itself it's not as exciting or fun or compelling as the gamestop fiasco is well, at that point, you just become a court painter. Yeah, you're just then a court you painter. Get Goldman Sachs buying the picture, right? You know, like your your teeth are dulled by any acceptance of that. Yeah, and it really make it really makes me wonder if it's you know, is it possible to make a compelling painting anymore? The answer might be no. I mean, tech technology and society may have just simply outpaced the medium. I never thought I would say that because I think painting is a pretty malleable thing. I think you can do a lot with it that still hasn't been done. Um, But we aren't tapping that. Hmm. And I think it would require some sort of interesting interaction with the internet in a way that nobody has achieved yet with a painting. People have achieved it with performance art, um, but not painting yet. Yeah, it it just... Because now we just make trading cards. Yes, And that's no fun. That's no fun for anybody. Pokemon coins and Bitcoin are way up right now. What? Oh yeah. Do you have any Doge coins? Can you buy me some Doge for? Th- I should have bought. I should have bought Doge before it got pumped. I wouldn't get into it now. You know, I'm not kidding you, man. I've started listening to financial podcasts, like hosted by hedge fund managers and stuff, o- over the last couple of months, and uh, they talk about Pokemon cards in earnest on there. <sighs> like Boy. people track this stuff. Uh, I'm shocked that I haven't heard more about contemporary art in those spaces. I think they might keep that deliberately quiet because everybody knows that that's the unregulated market that still exists. And so it's best not to speak its name so we don't attract any undue attention. Also, if you're the kind of person tracking dollar amounts of Pokemon trading cards, you are not in the stratosphere of oligarch to know the dealings that can happen with art no 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 these people are trust me uh look up eric townsend no these people are not these people are not fucking around they're billionaires um and yes they they have their own podcasts it's incredible hella oh jesus christ but are they like no will they know about contemporary art billionaire yeah i i'm i'm being conspiratorial in saying that they don't talk about it deliberately i don't know if that's true i'm just i mean yeah no one wants more regulation in that market they're like no 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 thank you we don't want it no 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 don't look over here please thank you so much yep we we have to trade arms somehow how we're gonna do it without the pictures we're gonna do it with the pictures people interested in economics are completely amoral if they're not saying something that's very suspicious because they'll talk about people's lives uh, like they're meaningless. 
but then they'll talk about Pokemon cards as if it's important. So yeah. Well, the world's terrible, so that's cool. Um, I don't know. It's not that and, terrible. Uh, yeah. We're just we're just in a we're just in a weird zone. I think I think everybody's coming around now because Trump is gone. That we actually have to grapple with the weirdness instead of blame it on bad orange man. And I think, like, even I'm guilty yes. of that. You're guilty of that. It was easy to use Trump, and whether you thought he was funny or whether you thought he was a disgrace or somewhere in between, like, it was easy to get caught up in that distraction for four years, and now the actual weirdness of the world is hitting us. Um, I think also, again, it goes back to that point of you keep people at home for a year or you keep them out of work and they're smart, smarter people. Yeah. Because you already squeeze the market that they have to compete for in the first place, so they may or may not have even been that far in their career so they were you know last in first out they're leafowing capital or human capital in that way like you keep people bored they're not just gonna be you know slobs on couch gaining 15 pounds high hello how are you yes we do exist however you do have people who are like oh no i need something to bide my time They'll yeah, do, they'll sure. Put, they'll, you know, they'll get the red strings out and do the thing. So it just, it should be expected that once Bad Orange Man is gone, that they're going to be like, no, 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 we've already been unpacking all of the terribleness starting in June uh, with, you know, racial inequality. And we are blowing up all the financial stuff, too. Why not? The yeah, whole thing's sure, fucked. Sure, sure, Yeah. I, 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 would, I would just say that this, all of this stuff has been going on all along but i don't think it's much of a coincidence that now that things are supposed to return to quote normal they're getting even weirder. oh yeah in march you can have a 150 person wedding in new york city really what would they made that like specific declaration recently oh like yesterday or last week well hey uh biden's the president now covid's not a thing anymore i said this six months ago of course they're doing that Hey, we have to get the economy running, man. What can you do? With all these retail investors tanking the hedge funds, we need people to spend more and more. We're over-leveraged. But, we need liquidity also, in the markets now. Who has a March wedding in New York City? That's Especially cold. right no, now. Thank you. I don't know. Yeah. No. The Hasids are going to abuse that. You know it. The weddings have already been happening. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, the, That's not even a question. Like, Weddings been done, already happening. We're f- it's over. That's already done i can't wait um, for the first gay wedding that's actually just an excuse for a rave those raves are already happening like <laughs> the, we have warehouses for this like come on all right all right. thing things been done happening don't don't you worry you know have an empty place the gays will fill it hmm. take that how you will yeah. <laughs> all right you want to move on uh yes i have to pee desperately okay um, someone follow the twitter um Maybe I'll follow back it. I'll follow back with it. Who knows? Come on, social um, media manager, pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. You're still <sighs> sitting at zero. It's been weeks. Two, two weeks. Three weeks. I don't know how many weeks. Um, I don't know how to it, like. It's not a good interface. It's not a good like. Are you actually posting? Or are you actually tweeting? Or are you just doing nothing? No, absolutely. You're not. doing nothing. Zero, and you zero, expect zero. People to follow it? No, you have to. Produce it's a placeholder. Come on, come, come on. on. You have to learn about some self branding. You should tweet at uh, Dean Kissick and tell him I don't. I've never heard of you before, and I don't think you're a very good writer. <laughs> Just start an absolute flame war. Yeah, that's how you attract followers. There you go. 
that, uh, yeah, you can just at people with wild abandon on that. Yeah, there you go. Oh, can't wait. All right. Uh, well, signing off. At Sign off. Go to the bathroom. Thank God. All right. Bye-bye.